I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up? What's up? What's going on? Are we live? We're always live. Every we're time live, you pop pal. in, live. We're live, pal. We're live, pal. <laughs> okay, we'll do it live. What? <laughs> Jesus. What? <laughs> what in the world is happening in the world of the sport of kings uh, this weekend? We got a bunch of whiny bitches is what we got. Oh man, I don't know about whiny bitches, but bunch uh, of whiny bitches. Oh my god, what's up, everybody? It's quarter to quarter C two C radio show. I'm Stan Grubb. My tag team partner Brian Taylor is here. What's up? And Rob hey. Hefner will be in here shortly, I believe. So, so before this, before this train leaves the station, and it's gonna get messy, folks. Be ready. Get oh some, yeah, get some popcorn. Get, get the popcorn. Right? This supposed to be. The, <laughs> The most interesting night we've ever had, and they, I, you know, what I say may like be like just take people by surprise. Anyway, so let me ask you this, right? Okay. Did, did Kevin Owens has Kevin Owens main evented a WrestleMania? Technically, was yes. It, the Stone Cold match was a main event. Yep. It, 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 did it go on last? Uh, yes. It it actually went on last. Yep. Are you kidding me? So Kevin Owens made a event at WrestleMania before CM Punk. But that's what Kevin Owens is hanging his hat on. Uh, I don't know if he's hanging his hat on that or not. Um, I honestly hadn't seen it. Bring me up to speed. What is Kevin Owens' part in this? Because I saw on Twitter people were mentioning it. but Yeah, so supposedly, <laughs> you know, I guess they're watching the media scrum as it happens, right? Who wouldn't, right? And and Owens, when when uh, Punk makes the comment about, you know, the closest he got was with The Undertaker, <clears throat> and that he had never, you know, I guess never main-evented Mania. Kevin Owens was then kind enough to, put out a little tweet with him and Austin in the main event of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so that's what we're doing. Like, I think that's absolutely just dumb. Right. Why would you even get involved? 
and then you're going to put a match with Austin, you, that's what you're going to hang your hat on, right? Like, I didn't go for a title. I didn't win a title. I did. I, I, I wrestled Steve Austin in a match that I wasn't going to win to begin with, right? And like, that's my, that's not, that's to me, that's not what your, your whole career in the WWE is about. You losing a main event match in WrestleMania to Austin. I mean, you've done jack scrap, you know, crap for the last few years. Mm-hmm. Why even get involved? It's not your place to get involved. This is a perfect example of why this is getting out of control and battle lines are being drawn and people want to quit. I say quit. You want to quit, quit. Walk into the office, tell them you quit, walk away. And I'm talking to the Young Bucks and Omega and anybody else. Paige, Colt Cabana, I don't care. Walk away. Well, you and I are in a lot more agreement than you realize. I I, I watched All Out. And, you know, I, I think All Out, <clears throat> speaking for itself, it was a pretty decent show. I don't know if I'd say it was the best pay-per-view they've had, but far from the worst. Um, some stuff kind of made me confused. Otherwise, whatever. Well, but I think the real story came out of what happened after the pay-per-view instead of during. Well, yeah. So, but let's let's just let's run through the pay-per-view real quick. <clears throat> okay. And because I'm sure the media scrum is going to take up the majority of the night. Yeah. Right. Let's take a look here. Let me pull up some info. So, I mean, we can start with uh, zero hour. Um, yeah. Let's see here. All out. <clears throat> But yeah, I, I'm like literally like it's it's a known fact I'm an elite fan. Mm-hmm. But I'm now at the point where I'm like, if you want to quit, go. I don't need you no more. I mean, it is a pretty bitch move to just like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna walk away. Walk away. I don't care any. That's that's the problem. They have put on AEW's put on some of the best wrestling we've seen in a long mm-hmm. time. The last six, seven months, no Kenny Omega. Okay, so safe to say he's not pulling in the million dollar gates on the pay per view. Mm-hmm. Haven't really seen the Young Bucks. Safe to say they're not pulling in the million dollar gate. Adam Page been kind of gone, right? I haven't really seen much of him. He's not really taking a part in this. Maybe people were right from the beginning. Maybe these are the guys who are going to hold you back. Well, I think this is one of the things that Cody was talking about indirectly when he left. I think that what people don't realize is it wasn't that he disliked any of the elite, but he also saw the writing on the wall as to what their professionalism was all about. And I think there's room to question it right now. Does it mean that it's going to be a fact later on? No, but I think there's room to question. Um, especially after you start hearing. Now, this before we go, but so far we're not we're not condemning or you know convicting anybody right this moment. But there's a lot to unpack, so we're going to dive through it. Um, but let's go ahead and go through zero hour, Brian, and then we'll, yeah, <clears throat> we'll go through the card. Yeah, we'll run through um, zero hour and. 
<laughs> so what I really liked about Zero Hour was the fast pace it had that it just it kept the, the kept the foot on the gas. It didn't stop from the very beginning to the end. Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello versus Ruby Soho and Ortiz for the AAA mixed tag titles. Um, starts off with Guevara getting slammed with a, by a go-kart or golf cart or whatever the hell it was. Um, again, the, the, the questions I had about this show came with the overbooked pieces. Like Anna Jay runs out and then we've got 50,000 different possible finishing moves. And we've, I mean, you kind of know that it's a Lucha Libre style match. You expect the high flying stuff, but yeah, the but... things that concerned me was how Ruby Soho was just beating the Jesus. She got the shit kicked out of her. Well, yeah, I'm, I'd love to love to know if her nose is broke. Uh, not many reports on it. Fightful said they got a report that it was broken. Um, I'm be, I'd be more concerned about her neck the way she took that shot. Um, from Ty Mello. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. To me, the nose is probably more dangerous because if you, if you really screw that nose up. Oh yeah. I mean, it messes everything up. You can't yeah. see properly. You can't breathe properly. Obviously yeah, no. smell is jacked up. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't recall seeing any blood, but I mean, she didn't let up off that nose. No, as soon as she After hit the ground, the hit. she yeah. yeah. It was uh, the the concerning thing to me is this, and we've talked about this many times. You're going so fast, so hard that you just forget to okay, let's be careful. As much as you can. Obviously, you know, it ain't ballet, right? But <clears throat> some somewhere somebody's going to go, "Okay, let's take a half step and slow down just a minute." You know, it doesn't have to be that ridiculous, but it didn't necessarily but, hurt the match per se, and it was quick enough to where it really wasn't. wasn't but too in bad. the same vein, though, if they do slow down, mm-hmm. right? There, there. It's that's what the WWE does. The, the WWE yeah. is more slow and methodical, mm-hmm. right? But that doesn't prevent people from getting injured there, also. No, and and unfortunately, what happens is when you start thinking about be careful for this injury or that injury, that's when people usually get hurt. Mm. Um, you know, because you're it's in your head, you're being too careful, and then somebody screws up. And you know, I think this is just bad luck for Ruby. Um, you know, she took some shots that she probably didn't have to take. She probably took that uh, what's it called the tie KO. She probably took that a little off kilter just because she was trying to move and sell it. Um, but when she landed all funky on her head, I thought for sure her neck was broken. Of course, she gets up. She's okay. But it's the the smash to the face that you know, just splattered her nose. I can only mm-hmm. assume splattered because we never, like Brian said, we didn't see any blood or anything like that. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it was like the John Cena type oh, <laughs> or the Becky Lynch. But... <laughs> oh, those were nasty. <laughs> Cena's, I think, was the nastiest. I yeah, mean, when yeah. when Seth hit that knee and it just smashed him in the nose, it was. It and then he came back and, like uh, next week, no black eyes, yep, yep. no nothing. Hi like, everybody, I'm John hi. Cena. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good job, John. I don't I don't know what you took, but man. <laughs> All right. So what was? <laughs> so then we get uh, Hook defending the FTW title against uh, Cool Hand Ange, and uh, with Matt Menard. Daddy Magic in his corner. Um, this was a good test for Hook. 
this was exactly what we need to see every now and again for Hook to help. Oh, Braun Strowman's back on Raw. Well, that didn't take long. Welcome back, Braun. Um, anyway, this was a good test for Hook. We needed to see this. We need to see that Hook can take a beating and keep going because it's getting to that point now where pre-shows and um, you know dark matches and, and Rampage, he's going to have to move up to Dynamite soon. And so we need to know that he can continue to hang. Hmm. I agree. Um, and then uh, we were joined by... Uh, what was his name? After after Hook won. <laughs> oh, Action Bronson, the guy that performs Hook's uh, theme song, which, by the way, is an awesome song, came in and uh, cleared the ring from Menard and Parker attacking um, Hook after the fact. You know, good for... Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Good for... Uh, for Action Bronson getting in on it, there's there's a rumor, and it's a light one, but there's a rumor Action Bronson is getting a possible tag match with Hook against uh, 2.0 at, at Grand Slam. Oh, that wouldn't that wouldn't shock me because, I mean, although I'm not, uh, you know, I wasn't familiar with him, it just has that look like he's been doing something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, they're setting something up with this. So I wouldn't be shocked if that doesn't happen. But you may get a tag match or two during the lead yeah. up to it. But I mean, I just feel like sooner or later we're going to see Hook tangle with Jericho is probably the next destination. Uh, I think it's still still too early for that one. <clears throat> oh, I'm not saying it's going to happen within the next six months. It won't even happen in full gear, but maybe Revolution. Well, that is six months, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I, I think. Yeah, I think anything math. less than a year or so is probably pushing it. I mean, he he's hooks good. Don't get me wrong, but um, I, th- I think he should meander in the the lower tier guys for a while. Because well, once you put that, him with Jericho, then then it's all yeah, the road. He, he can go with anybody. Exactly, exactly. And that's that's why I say that I feel like they're going to, you know, he's probably got Matt Menard. He's probably got maybe Jake Hager in a, I'm guessing if he goes against Hager, it's going to be a fluke choke out kind of thing where he just gets behind Hager, chokes him out. It's like one of those, oh my God, he beat a legit MMA guy kind of moments. But I can already see the build. It's it's coming. Um, when it When it rolls out, who knows? <clears throat> Gosh, folks, I'll apologize right away. Um, between all the three of us, two out of the three of us have had COVID. So if we're coughing and snotting all over the place, that's why. <laughs> and bronchitis. And bronchitis, that's right. You had a double dose. That absolutely mm-hmm. sucks. Mm-hmm. So, my, but we're good. Uh, yeah, my body absolutely hurts still, by the way. <laughs> All right, uh, so Hook beat Angelo Parker. Three minutes, 55 seconds, not a bad deal. As a matter of fact, it set a pace for what I think was kind of a sleeper match of the night candidate, and that's Kip Sabian against Pac. Mm. These guys, dude, Kip Sabian was uh, not utilized at all for, like, more than a year, did the cardboard box uh, gimmick, and we're all figuring out, well, I guess he's just waiting for something. And we, we fantasy booked multiple different solutions for it. Comes out and turns out that he has a 12-minute a banger of a match with Pac. 
I was really, really happy with this match. This was really good. Yeah, and I mean, Kip looks like he's put on weight. Put on muscle. Yeah, muscle. Weight, but muscle, yeah. yeah. So he's definitely not, you know, I wouldn't call him like a featherweight or lightweight no more. No. Um, Junior heavy, maybe? uh, Maybe a little bit higher. But... So I was kind of looking forward to this just because you haven't seen Kip in a long time. Um, I don't think it disappointed. I think it was it shouldn't have been on zero hour. No, this should have been on pay-per-view. Um, yeah, even to start the show. You know, I would have had this replace uh, the House of Black versus uh, Sting, Miro, and Darby. No. Yeah. <clears throat> After the matchup, uh, Pac kind of celebrating, and then Orange Cassidy comes out. The reaction from the kids was great, where they hear uh, Orange Cassidy's music. If you're curious if Orange Cassidy moves the needle and resonates with fans, the facial expressions of fans shown on camera tells the story. <laughs> that was um, that was impressive. I was happy to see it, and I can't wait to see what they do next with him. Um, because if him and Pac are going one-on-one again, Maybe it's finally time Orange Cassidy gets a title. No, he shouldn't. No, I, I'm. I agree with Pac. Like, no, he shouldn't even. He shouldn't even be able to sniff that title. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if he's born on the the East Coast anywhere. I think he's more of a West Coast guy. So until you get a Pacific title, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Let's just buy PWG and have him be the PWG champ. I mean, you're buying everything else, Tony. Jesus. Nah. Uh, I mean, it'll get it'll be a good match when it happens. The main event of Zero Hour was, um, you know, another you match see. that could have easily, easily been on the pay-per-view card itself. Um, Ishii against Eddie Kingston. 13 minutes long this match was. It seemed like it was longer. I just looked up the time just to see kind of what it what it was. But damn. 13 minutes, and the guy, these guys chapped the ever-living shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. Tomohiro Ishii, his chest looked like ground beef two minutes into this matchup. The welts that were forming up, and then, I don't know if you noticed, Brian, but like at the end of the match when he stood up, it was like seeping plasma. Well, I don't want to say blood, because it wasn't bleeding, but it was like pus so you, and whatever else it was gross. yeah you're talking about on his right right yeah uh, yeah armpit? where he was yeah. taking the chops yeah yeah it almost looks like it was you know it's like you get a burnt a burn yes yes and then you exactly bust, and the blister gets busted yeah like water yeah. and pus and ugh. Yeah. i was like jesus <clears throat> and they just kept going and, and the coolest part of it was you know the the fact that the fans because this wasn't like this wasn't daniel bryan or brian danielson and jericho you know what i mean this was a fight and damn, I mean, it had that feel. Everybody was in it. But, I mean, this is ECE. How do you not get behind ECE? Mm. And Eddie Kingston. Not not to put him down. Yeah, and I guess this was, what, their second uh, match? Yeah, so they're apparently tied one apiece. Yeah. Let's so do you the know third it's... one at, uh, at uh, full gear. Let's do it one more time. No, no, no. Let's save that for Wrestle Kingdom. This is I, I think this is what we're building to, right? I, I said it when they announced Forbidden Door. I think they're booking shows. Forbidden Doors, AEWs. Wrestle Kingdom will be New Japan's. I mean, it's one of those things where 
this is something you can, this is the kind of match you can see whenever you want. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> Making sure Rob's on his way here. <clears throat> um, but this is one of those things that you could do it every week if you wanted. I'd be okay with that. Oh, I don't know. No. About, about, I don't know about the chops every single week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was glad to see Eddie Kingston get the victory. Uh, technically, it's on the pay per view, even though it really wasn't. Um, I mean, I am in favor of this because I personally want to see before we get to how everything fleshes out with the Joker, because we're going to get to that. I want to see Eddie Kingston get a title shot and maybe kind of surprise us all and win the belt. Which title, though? From Punk. No, really? So we've gone through Zero Hour. We're going to talk about the card and just kind of run through it. But after everything that has happened, let's welcome on Rob Hefner. He's here with us now. What's up, Rob? What's up? What's up? What's up? We're just talking about All Out, and we're going to talk about the media scrum here in just a moment. Um, But we were talking about uh, Zero Hour and the main event of it, which was Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii. Ishii and him had just a banger of a match. Eddie Kingston gets a much-needed victory. And my thought process here is that after this media scrum that we're going to go through, um, I feel like Punk is – and I'm a big Punk fan, but I feel Punk's on par time. I think he's about to pay an ultimate price for what he did. Well, I mean, I think you've got a lot of chiefs and not enough Indians. Yes, yes. Very much a, a case of too many chefs. You know, or cooks in the kitchen, whatever the other cliche is. Well, I mean, you got the cliches <laughs> for everything, but yeah. Um, and we'll talk about the media scrum in a minute, but I watched just bits and pieces of it. But I mean, I thought the Kingston match was a was was awesome. It was hard hitting. Was a great way to end Zero Hour. Um, I kept watching Zero Hour. Like, I can't believe this is like, you know, not the main show. Yeah. You know, we just that, yeah, how some of these matches could have easily been on the card. Yeah, but they, yeah. I mean, they've never treated <clears throat> that uh, first hour like anything less than the pay-per-view. That's true. They don't treat it like an actual pre-show. They treat it like it's, hey, this is the card. It's starting now. You get yeah. the first hour for free kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, boy, oh, boy. So let's kind of go through some results here of the main show because this is where it sets the stage for the media scrum. Um, first off, uh, AEW's video packages for each match. Um they're taking a page out of WWE's book in that regard, putting it together to make sure everybody's up to speed. The difference is they're not making them 15 minutes. They're making them two, and it still tells the same story, still puts us all up 100% on the on where we are right now, and I really appreciate that. Um, casino ladder match. <clears throat> Some people were saying on Twitter that it was confusing because of the Casino Battle Royale, the way it usually comes is with the different suits, but... I like the fact that they have a different type of ladder match and a different type of battle royal. I don't want it to be the same as everybody else. So I'm glad that it's different. So like what, what, God, how do I put this? Um, how would you think they were going to be the same? You don't even have the same amount of people. Right. So what were you going to do? Bring them out two at a time in a suit? Some people were saying they wanted to have everybody out there at once and just go. But then that kind of defeats the whole purpose of the Joker. Yes. 
I mean, I will say that my only issue with it was <coughs> there were several people in it that I didn't think should have been like I didn't think rated a chance at the title. You know what I mean? But but that's like that in every type of match like that. There's always oh, yeah. two or three that you'd never like. Why are these people in there? And then sometimes they actually win. Didn't Liv Morgan win one of these things? <laughs> Carmella. Yeah. Carmella. Yeah. And and no no offense to the no offense to them, but like they were the last one you would have picked. Right. Yeah, they were dark horses. Yeah, they were set yeah. up that way. Yeah. Uh, and you know sometimes it happens that way, but in AEW when you have a joker, um, this that's the only way you can set it up though is to have him come in last. It would make no sense for him to come in. I mean, the way that the 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 broadcasters were talking, like, heck, for a minute there, I thought with Ash, whoever came in before, like, Andrade, I was like, well, is that the Joker? Because they were like, oh, my God, it's him. You know, I'm like, but he was there last week. You know, like. Yeah, they, they treat the entrance as big, big names no matter what. I like that about their commentary team. I like that they, like, I don't want to say mark out, but they definitely put them over in what they're doing. Um, when Roosh comes out, comes out there and he gets involved, I think that's still a big surprise for them. And I think it's honestly, I think that's genuine. I think they're just surprised to see Roosh in AEW. So they're just like, oh, oh wow, it's Roosh. Like, I, I think that's really where they're at. <clears throat> um, let's see here. Sorry, I'm changing tabs. Here we go. So there's a couple Sorry. spots in this one where uh, Yuta goes through the ladders. Um, my wife is like, you've got to get him to a hospital. He's obviously hurt. I mean, he just got the shit knocked out of him almost the entire time. And uh, this is what started the, the petition. I am starting a petition to officially eliminate the sling blade from wrestling repertoire. It looks awful every single time people do it. Uh, Penta hit it twice. It looked like shit. Um, you know, there's, there's people hitting it on the outside where they're literally just getting their hand just above the other person's head. So it doesn't even look like it connects. It's just the shittiest looking move. Just, just stop doing it. No more. I think, I think that just goes back to a lot of just the regular, <coughs> you know, we've had that discussion several times over the years, you know, that, you know, yes, all out is a big time, but you know, Everybody doesn't have to hit every move every, you know? Yeah. Like just tell a story. But that's everywhere. That's just not and that's not that's not an all out, it's not an AEW thing. It's everywhere for years. Yeah, I mean it's there's this thing, this need to get every every bit of the shit in you can. You know what I mean? There's like this desire. I want to do my high spot. No, I want to do my spot. All right, cool, let's do this and then we'll do this. Like the 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 thing that Claudio did with the ladders, um, Honestly, I thought Andrade was going to die there because he couldn't decide where he was going to go. He has the X set up. He's got the ladder in the middle. And he's like, all right, we're going up. Nope. Let's go to the side. Nope. I mean, like, he just keeps moving it. And I'm like, somebody just just tell him to stop. <laughs> just get rid of the ladder. <laughs> yeah, and but I think that's a lot of times in those movies, in uh, movies, in those, those ladder matches. I think we see it in all of them. It gets to a point where they're like, all right, this is not what we planned, but we got to go with it. Well, I, I just don't think that they put the ladders the way they were supposed to be. And Claudio realized it was like, hmm, well, let's just see if we can do this anyway. 
I mean, he pulled it off. It wasn't like it was a fail, but it's just like they're all kind of laying there looking at him like, um, what you doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would almost give it a fail, though, because I don't think it worked out the way they wanted it. Because something tells me it was he was supposed to be like on an X. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I mean, you could see a lot of that was like, and I did see more of, um, I will say, saw a little bit more of the Hefner rule than normal, you know. Yeah, a little bit, but uh, some of that's because they, they don't have a choice. Like, the high spots that they were hitting in this were kind of ridiculous. I mean, especially the spots on the ladder. Um, Dante Martin is a freak of nature. <clears throat> Yeah, there was that one move he hit, and I'm like, why is he not dead? <laughs> How the hell does he do the, the stuff he does? He goes from balancing on the top rope, which is insane to me as it is, but diving to the ladder, landing on his feet, landing on Claudio's back later on, and still just, oh, I'm good. We're going up the ladder. We need like an X division or light heavyweight title. Yes. That kid. Yes. And just have him just fly everywhere. It's cool. Yeah. We'll just call it the Dante title. We're good. Pure, pure <laughs> adrenaline title or something like. <laughs> Top flight championship. Right yeah. here for you, buddy. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, to me, about I like the kid, right? But it does kind of yeah. stink that he's, he's like really painted into a corner, right? Because you'll never see him, although he might be able to, but you're not going to expect a straight technical match out of him. You know what I'm saying? And, like, as he gets older, if he starts to put on muscle and all that stuff, he may may not be able to take such risk. You know what I'm no. saying? He's going to have the Marty Jannetty ankles if he's not careful. Yeah. So. <laughs> he's going to have that, what, like, I feel like Ricochet and Osprey, like, they're just going to get out of bed one morning and fall flat on their face. Yeah. Yeah. Like, one day their ankles are going to go, nah, bitch, I'm done. <laughs> you get up out of bed and just fall thump, and we're done here <laughs> yeah in scene so this matchup oh go ahead go ahead oh i was gonna say but that does lead us to perhaps the coolest like uh screw job yes. of all screw jobs i right? really did like the ending absolutely <clears throat> yeah um i, I mean i had, i was kind of bewildered at first when the the black, uh, the men in black came running down. And then the short guy who you could tell was going for the ladder. I thought it was Gresham at first. So I, I saw you put that didn't. in the chat. I thought it was Scorpio Sky. Oh, I did see. I didn't even think about Scorpio. To me, he looked short like Gresham. Like that's yeah. where my mind immediately went to Gresham. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, of course we find out that, uh, the guy who pulls down the chip is Stokely. Big Stoke. That was, I mean, it's so well played out. I liked the, they run down, they clear the ring, and then they're taking their masks off, which was awesome. First off, glad to see Ethan Page get a big moment. I'm happy to see the gun club kind of move away from their feud with the acclaimed. Let's see what they do next. Maybe get a little bit more serious. Morrissey, um, to be honest, like last week, I was really confused. Like, why did they bring him back for like nothing? Well, now we know. Um, yeah, 
So, I mean, the the <clears throat> this set the scene for what I think more people should be using this song for a wrestling theme if they could afford it, because apparently licensing for it is expensive. Um, but cue Sympathy for the Devil, which was just, it was so cool, so perfect. But the guy that comes out as as the Joker is wearing a mask, complete black garb, um, and it could have been literally anybody. That's the coolest part of it. Rob and I were like trying to figure out who it was, and you know, obviously this was before they unmask him, but it could have been literally anyone you wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And that it didn't even have to be who was going to be unmasked. Exactly. You know? Exactly. You could have had somebody unmask him, and they'd be like, "No, nah, that's not him." Like, wait, what? It could be like a whole black scorpion thing. It could still be that. Who knows? Well, I don't think it can be now because later in the night we find out. Yeah, it was the devil himself. And shall um, we shall we go back to the chat and who called it? Hmm? Hmm? Uh, Rob called it. Rob officially called it before we did. Although, like, <laughs> I think everybody called it though. Oh no, no, I get the win because I don't get the win very often. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was Mr. Anderson. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But he moved like him. Yeah, no. The, the you, whole the, arm thing and the wiping his feet on the or boots on the uh, apron and. Yeah, you saw what I said, right? Get out of here with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the Joker ends up winning, goes to unmask, doesn't, does the whole like, nah, not right yet. Um. Then we get to the trios title. Man, this whole bracket was booked so bass backwards. We could have had Aussie Open or United Empire versus the Elite in the finals. Mm-hmm. When I think about that, my head just goes, no. But maybe that's where some of this stuff that happened in the media scrum becomes a question of, is it is it true? Um, nah, I, I, listen, so that match was like the, the one they had was bigger than what most of us realize, right? Because you've had this thing with Osprey and Omega. Yeah. That should have been taken care of at um, Forbidden Door. Door, Right? I mean, they've been going at it for quite a while. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, I mean, literally, that should have been your pay-per-view match. It had nothing to do with, you know, well, I would hope it had nothing to do with backstage politics. But... I don't think it did. I just think they, they, the whole, like you said, the whole brackets were screwed up and they didn't think that one through. I mean, not that I don't like to see the dark order and I was happy that they were on pay-per-view because I feel like they deserve a shot. I don't know what's going to actually come of this, <clears throat> except I have a feeling we're going to see them turn heel on Adam page, but this match itself was good. I, I did like the, the fast pace. What I really dug right at the beginning was Kenny Omega coming out like no tape, no braces, nothing. Like this whole thing has been an evolution of all right, got a lot of bra- got a lot of bandages on, a couple bandages and a little tape on. Now no tape at all. It was mm-hmm. like okay, so we've seen the complete recovery of Kenny Omega. I liked that. That was it was very subtly done because they they talked about it, but I liked that it gave us kind of that reward at the end. Like aha, he's ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I know y'all are going to hate me, but I, I mean, I was really glad to see Kenny Omega, and I know this is a way that they could bring him in like a soft opening, you know, 
bring him in, get him, get him before they put him in singles competition since his injuries, you know. Um, I just, I didn't want to see the young bucks in that position. I mean, I kind of felt like there were some other teams that could have gone with it more, dealt with it more, um, like got more out of it, let me say. Like you said, United Empire, like you spend all that money to bring them all in here, you know. Um, but like you said, it was good to see Kenny Omega back, and I felt that was what it was mainly about. We know that when the trios, <laughs> we well, I was trying to figure out what I was going to say first. We know that when Tony, <laughs> how do I not call him an idiot? Khan <laughs> <laughs> confirmed that the trios titles were a thing, and that he was simply waiting on Kenny Omega to come back. Um, you know, you kind of knew that that was going to most likely be your first set of champs was the elite. But damn, if I didn't want to see the Dark Order and Page win it. I mean, it's just, I like matches that get you into, man, I really don't know. I don't know who could win this one. I don't know which direction it's going to go. Um, even though there is the obvious, you know, I think we all kind of know the elite have that pigeonhole, at least for the moment. But it makes whoever beats them even bigger. Whoever that is. Well, yeah, but the problem is the one team that probably could have done it, one of them is gone now. Yep. And then one of them's hurt. <clears throat> yeah. He just had neck fusion surgery. And yeah. So the undisputed yeah. era versus the uh, elite is not going to happen. At least right. not in its previous incarnation. Right. Um, and probably isn't going to happen until Kyler Riley is healed up. Yeah. And see, I would, I, I would immediately, almost immediately move away from the elite. Uh, if it was me, I would put them in a match with House of Black, and they would lose so fast. It wouldn't be funny. I think that would make sense, especially if you could, <clears throat> kind of to Rob's point, still protect Kenny, you know, have him get, have him play the hits, so to speak. And then, you know, one of the Bucks gets the mist in the face, they get covered and it's over, whatever the case may be. You know, it makes sense because now you've got – they were the first ones. They lose the titles, and now you've you've got a trios title that everybody can kind of grind for. Well, I mean, not only that, I understand that the elite have been together since the beginning, mm-hmm. but the House of Black just feels more like a, a a trio than the elite to me. Yeah, right, and that's what I was going with. Like you had you you built trios from the beginning. You know, you've had the Death Triangle, the the Dark Order, all these people, you know, the whole time you've had AEW. And we've all we've said since the beginning. We um, you know, they gotta that you know, from the beginning we're like, oh, we should they should have a triple uh, you know, a three man a six man title. Six man title. Hmm. And then they do it and they put it on, you know, it's like that that's where I was coming from. Like, come on. Well, and this is this sets the table for, you know, as they continue to focus on their uh, gang warfare that they do so often, you know, it'll it'll open the doors up. And eventually, I think like the Dark Order will hold it. House of Black to Brian's point, maybe even um, hell, maybe even the Nightmare Factory. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of different 
or the factory, whatever it's called now. Um, there's a lot of different combinations that could do it. I mean, the Motor City Machine Guns and Jay Lethal could do it. That could be kind of cool. Well, only, I mean, it would depend on if the guns are like AEW or if they're alone for impact. Right. Now, I do think it's time that uh, somebody from impact picked up an AEW title and defended it over there. I think it's time that Tony started uh, reciprocating the favor that the other companies have done for them. Yeah, I think I'd like to see, you know, that that working partnership get expanded a little bit um, because they, they've done it so well. I mean, why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to me, it just seems like AEW is the is the one that benefits out of this thing. Well, let's let's slide a little bit over to Impact or that's why I was OK with the United Kingdom or yeah, United Empire one, um, mm-hmm. because you could take it back to New Japan and you could just say go to town with it just defend it you yeah know, just let me know and i'll make the decision when it comes off but just go over there and do it <coughs> and well, I, I mean you know no oh, good i was just gonna say there's a lot of time they just came out with it so we, we, we might still see that um I, I usually like to give Tony Khan credit for being so self-aware when, when fans are commenting like we are, and it's it's not an uncommon belief, but there's also the same comments of, does he understand, for example, like the women's division? We got Jade Cargill and Athena after this, uh, after this trio's title match, and I mean, <laughs> I don't know what they were going for with this matchup, just a, a crap ton of... of uh, reversals and counters and all this stuff that just doesn't need to happen. Not to mention the fact that I feel like this would have been the time to take the title off of Jade. And personally, I'm just tired of seeing her. She bores me, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, but just because she bores you doesn't mean that right. she's not. Uh, yeah, because I actually, I actually enjoy watching her. And, and the reason why is because you're watching her develop. Mm-hmm. Right, literally developed because again, she was uh, she had been asked for the WWE, turned them down, came to AEW. She just started AEW and she's at thirty seven and zero. Right, yeah. So she's only really had thirty seven matches because I, I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, there might be one in there that I'm not aware of. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, you're literally watching this this career, like, start from the bottom and go all the way up. <clears throat> and she, like I said last night, she's only going to get better by having these opportunities. Now, do I think she probably should have lost last night? Yes. But um, I'm okay that she didn't. Mm-hmm. Because sooner or later, somebody... And it's again, it's going to be the one of these underdog stories that everybody loves, you know. And that's that's where it'll come from. It's going to be difficult to put somebody in the position where they can finally, you know, finally get the title off of her and keep her in a position where she can re- re- rebound. Had to think of the right word there, 
it's one of those things where I think for her, the longer it goes for her holding that title, the harder it's going to be to finally find that person to go, okay, it's time to take the title off of you. And and some people have even said they want to see her unify the, the hose title, the TBS title, and the uh, Women's World Championship, which, you know, I feel like two women's titles is too much. So I wouldn't be opposed to that if there's an actual end game in sight. But Well, yeah, but I, I think there is the end game because – there's talk that AEW wants a women's show. Mm-hmm. And there's talk that they're getting a third show, but they haven't really said what it is, right? I think Tony come out just a couple weeks ago and said that they, he would really like to have a women's show, which I'm okay with, if, if, you know, um, to do, you know, if they want to do that. And then they could all be showcased over there and, um, unifying it on that that you know that for that is okay I guess mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I see the difference to me though the thing about Jade is she always looks like she's going to lose and you know she's only one one you know roll up away the most devastating move yeah <laughs> you know, <there's, laughs> the finisher to beat all finishers <clears throat> yeah so She's only like one of those away. And you know, one of these times Hogan or uh, whatever the other one's name is, is going to hit her by accident. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to happen. It's it's just a matter of when. We go from the TBS title to the next trios uh, trios match between FTR and Wardlow against the Machine Guns and Jay Lethal. Um... Dax cut an especially good promo this past Wednesday talking about how each match is important to him and how it belongs on the pay-per-view, kind of silencing some of the critics of the booking for this. Um, the matchup itself came off well. I felt like uh, this really opens that door and tells us, yeah, we really do need to see the machine guns and FTR in a straight-up tag match. That, that's got to happen. Um, <clears throat> where, I don't know. Maybe the machine guns can win the Impact titles. And then FTR can beat them for those. I mean, they got all the others. Why not? Uh, Wardlow hits fifty thousand power bombs on on somebody on on Lethal. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I guess. I mean, the, the right team won, maybe, possibly. Uh, Samoa Joe is back though. He comes back to break up the attack attempt by uh, Lethal and his group. Samoa Joe destroys Satnam Singh, hits him with the belt, and then Dax's daughter, Finley, comes to the ring, snaps Sanjay Dutt's pencil, and then Dax drops him with Finley pinning him for the three count. That was that was pretty cool. I liked that. Sanjay plays a good low, good bad guy. <laughs> fight fight like a something something brat. <laughs> I can't remember what the t shirt said. Old brat. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. say eight year old brat or something. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Hmm. This one was a bit of a shock. Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs was fast, really fast. Power Hobbs, Powerhouse Hobbs just drops him with the spine buster. One, two, three, and that's it. We're all going home. <laughs> Starks got in a little bit of offense, but I don't know that I'd really say much else about it. It was this was all Powerhouse Hobbs. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I, I think this is the match that he needs, right? Because we. We talked about it in the chat, right? Mm-hmm. Both of them are stars. 
Hobbs needs that. He needs that rub a little bit more than Ricky does for for a match like this. Yes, he does. Yeah, and I mean, there's no question. Ricky is Ricky Starks. You know, he's he he needs to be moved up the card, but he doesn't need this. He can he can work through a loss like this. Yeah. But to me, what it does is it shows Hobbs can hit that spine buster. Like when you don't expect it. Who in the world thought he was going to hit it then and get the straight pin? Oh, nobody. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Yeah, I think so, I, I think everybody literally was like, yeah, Ricky Starks is beating Hobbs. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's how we all started out too. And then, it, you know, it was just like, it's almost like the RKO. Right, mm-hmm. or the Superman puncher, you know, some of these other ones, you just don't see it coming. And, you know, a match you think could be, you know, he should lose in 25 minutes, he hits the spine buster in 10 out of nowhere. And you're like, what did I just watch? Yeah. You know? And he, it, it didn't look like a normal one. It almost looks like he, they both kind of fly a little in there. Whereas Arn is almost straight up and down. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> like he he carries him a little bit. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, like you said, statement matchup for Powerhouse Hobbs. This is the match that helps him to move forward. From here, we go to the AEW Tag Team Championship, and this is where... Can you imagine being the booker on that? You know, hey, that's what we're going to do, Ricky Starks. You're going to go out there, you're going to hit him, and then he's going to whoop your ass. <laughs> Y'all just figured out out there. (laughs) But that's the crazy thing about the AEW booking. Like, some of this stuff you just literally do not see coming. Yeah. Not in a million years. CM Punk and Moxley in Cleveland. Nobody saw that coming. Hobbs and and Starks, nobody saw that coming. The next match, the tag team match that we're about to talk about, nobody saw that coming. Yeah, I mean, there's the crowd um, took a hold of this matchup and really they changed this. They changed the narrative. They controlled the narrative. There you go, Braun. Welcome back. I even threw your stuff in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> fans got involved. The acclaim hits the ring, and it was all the acclaimed. I don't mean all acclaimed on the offense because it wasn't, but the fans were not behind Swerving Our Glory. This was we want the acclaimed, and we don't care who we have to kill to get to them because we want the acclaimed. Um, there was chance for scissor me daddy. There were chance for, I mean, you, there were chance for, you can't scissor. <laughs> I mean, like what the hell who would ever thought that two guys that were just randomly paired during a dark taping yeah. would be, would be this over. Yeah. And, and they're the winningest tag team in AEW history. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, again, I, you know, who, Two guys just randomly thrown together, and one of them giving a mic. Yeah, go out there. Yeah, I don't care if you rap on the. Yeah, way yeah. yeah. Have some fun, kid. Yeah, <laughs> go. You're not going to amount to much. You just go do your thing, right? And here we are, three years later, four years later, and they're the <laughs> biggest tag team in the in the joint right now. <clears throat> but it was, I, I, I did like the fact that Keith Lee was smart enough to realize what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you caught it, but there was a, there. I don't know, several minutes into the match, 
It's almost like he figures out, wait, they're not chanting for me and Swerve. Yeah. And you can see it on his face. Like, he changes. He goes from nice Keith Lee to more like, oh, I'm going to kick your ass now because mm-hmm. you turned this crowd against us. Yeah, this was, I mean, this was good storytelling. They yeah. they they went with the crowd. They said, all right, cool, let's do this. Um, they being swerving our glory. I felt like uh, we got, maybe we didn't get the winner we should have gotten. And that's actually a good thing to have that question because now when the acclaimed does win the titles, it's going to be even bigger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you can and, tell that that's like you saw where I, ta- I I put that in the chat it was like that's where the arena was like, oh nope, we're against you all for the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the crowd was kind of I mean they were they were a Chicago crowd, but they were they were kind of deflated after that. It was no. a little tough. I don't yeah. think they they were deflated. But no, they, they were just pissed that they yeah had, they didn't they didn't stick with the stories after that. They were chanting, "This is bullshit." They were, ch- I mean, they booed uh, <clears throat> Keith Lee and and Swerve at the end of the match, as you would expect. But there were even fans on Twitter going, "You know, hey, if you didn't like the finish, fine. I know you want the acclaim to win, but don't boo, don't boo Keith Lee. Like it's hurting his feelings. Like I'm sure Keith Lee is fine." Well, it, and with because there is, we can touch on the media scrum with them too later. But yeah. I, I mean. I think Swerve and Keith, right, are probably smarter than those people in Stanford realize. Oh, yeah, I agree. Because not only did they go out there with the acclaimed and put on the match of the night, they put on a match of the year contender. Mm-hmm. They were smart enough to realize, oh, this crowd is hostile now. So let me turn. And I'm talking about Keith because to me, Swerve is always kind of like the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. He likes playing that, (laughs) that, that middle of the road heelish persona. Right. And that's, I'm fine with that because I love Swerve. I think he's great, but it it was, I mean, for Keith Lee to really pick up on it to the point that there's a beautiful camera angle when he's like, wait a second. You're booing me? No, 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 no. You're not going to boo me. Oh, you are booing me. Well, let me just go take care of this. And he turns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure it's only for the one match because Keith Lee is kind of the good guy. But, uh, you know, they, they it's, it was a brilliant, well-constructed, story-driven match. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if they booked it to be that story driven or if they were just all four smart enough to say, let's, let's go with it. Well, I feel like they, they saw what the story was and then they made the decision. All right, where are we going to go with this? What's the direction we're taking? And they just said the hell with it. We'll just, we'll do it on the fly. And that's what they did. Yeah. And it was all based off the crowd. And I, I know there have been people that are up in arms. Oh, they should have changed the match on the fly and had the acclaimed win and all this stuff. No, don't you don't want to go down that path because just because it was good for Chicago, that doesn't mean it's going to be good everywhere else. Right. Let, uh, and it, it, yeah. Oh, I was going to say let's not let's not let the crowd start dictating finishes. So you call them on the fly. Stick to your guns. It was a beautiful, well executed story that we're going to get a part two of, and we'll yeah. touch on that later. 
<clears throat> and we'll go, you know, we'll wait and see what happens next time. Yeah, we got a lot of ground to cover. I mean, we've got Grand Slam coming up. We got Full Gear coming up. There's opportunities here to see a rematch. The tag title situation in AEW is, to me, one of those things that can change on a dime just because you have so many good tag teams. So we're certainly not losing anything by going further. <clears throat> AEW interim women's championship match was next. Fatal four way. Tony Storm, Sheeta, Jamie Hayter, and Britt Baker um, went woman to woman, not man to man. And uh, this was. Um, hey now. Uh, hmm. So I kind of liked what they did with Sheeta at first to try to get her out of the equation right away. I thought that was, I mean, you don't see that very often. Usually you just see it all kind of unfold in the ring, but I liked that they took it outside of that. Um, but I also liked that when Sheeta came back, it was, you know, a real good fire comeback and we were waiting for, it was either her or Tony Storm. Hmm. Well, I mean, I told you, I told y'all last night, Tony come out with the look. Yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't see the look. I must have completely missed that. Like, she had the look, like, oh, I can't believe this is happening type look. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I, I knew it was her night, right? I, yeah. I mean, you can tell sometimes that, you know, based off the look. And I mean, I thought it, I thought it was good, though, because it was, uh, there's a lot of hard hits in this thing. Well, and they're setting the stage here for Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter now. Um, mm. We've got, so many different things that's going to happen that's going to lead the, lead us down this path. I don't know who's going to come out on top in this one, but if you really think about it, we've got we've got Rebel who could be in the middle, siding with Britt, siding with Jamie. I mean, you got Hater who people are very much into uh, the camp of. I think Austin just killed Kevin Owens. Yeah, that was nasty. Um, I'm not sure, but I think he gigged his back of his head. No, he what? didn't. Never mind. Yeah. Well, it looks like, I mean, that back of the head cracked that corner. Yeah. Well, here's the replay. Bam. Yeah, that's. He might have. Um, kudos to uh, WWE, by the way, for focusing more on the wrestling. It, it's, it's getting there. Um, back to Hater. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not exactly sold on her. I think there's a lot of, much like Jade, a lot of room for improvement. But the fans are definitely attached to her. And she has a relationship with them that could very well put her into that into that role kind of like Thunder Rosa was. Thunder Rosa although was uh considerably more polished at her when she finally got in there. I think Hater at this point has an opportunity with this feud with uh, Britt Baker. Yeah, but I mean Hater was like she had a career before AEW. Right? I mean, didn't she wrestle overseas? Um, I mean, she's. Before AEW, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's right. No, there was no wrestling before AEW. No, um, she was in the UK somewhere. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I didn't know she was British till last night. So, <laughs> <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> I never heard her speak. <laughs> That's a hard pause. Rob didn't know she was British, bro. She's been on TV multiple times. You didn't hear her once with the accent. No. Oh wow. Okay. Well. Yeah, I, I mean, I is she a little sloppy at times? Sure, but I, I mean, I can still see why the crowd's behind her. Yeah, they like looking at her butt. No, I mean she's she's like got 
the the British style of wrestling going on. <clears throat> She's a little bit hard, more hard uh, hard hitting than the rest of them. Yeah. I mean, maybe her butt does come into play for some people. I don't know. But... <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying it's 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 not an ignored part of the uh, part of the delivery. I mean, I'm sure some fans do. <clears throat> but but like she's been picking up momentum, yeah, for the last few weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like even before she was announced in this match, mm-hmm. she was starting to pick up uh, heat with the crowd. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because if she's able to keep this momentum, she might end up being the face in the in the feud with her and Britt. Oh, they, yeah. With how I popular mean, she is. Yeah, she, she'll be the face. I mean, everybody hates Britt. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like, Britt, say what you want about her, her supposed story with Thunder Rosa. Apparently, they legitimately don't like each other. Um Brit did for the better part of the pandemic carry the women's division, her and yeah. Sheeta. Yeah. Um, so you can't disrespect that, and you can't take anything away from her. You have to recognize that she knows what she's doing, which is already already kind of crazy to think about because of how short her career has been. Mm-hmm. Much like much like Jade. Oh, right, well, just again go back and look at uh, Brit's first AEW match back in. Um... You know, back in what nineteen, eighteen, nineteen, whatever it was. 19. Oh, at all in, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that was abysmal. But damn, if she ain't turned it around, you saw a little something in there. I mean, like she is one of the best they have. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. That's not the best. She may actually be the best, you know, pound for pound that they have on the roster. I think she is the best one they got. You think she is? Yeah. Sheeta's only thing is that she doesn't speak English real well, and I think that's why they don't focus on her. That's a little harsh to say. It's not very polite of you. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's I think that's what 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 holds her back. I think that's that's where they don't do anything because that's but she was unfortunately the what they all do. wasn't she? Yeah, she was. She's always in the mix. Yep, she's always in the mix. <clears throat> so I think I think you're just you're just being a poopy head right now. I think there's some other underlying issues there that you need to deal with, sir. Yeah. Wow, that's kind of harsh. 
Jungle Jack. She doesn't speak <laughs> well, so. <laughs> Jungle Jack Perry against Christian Cage. This was built up as the grudge match to end all grudge matches. Uh, nope, it wasn't. What we got was Jungle Boy, Jungle Jack Perry comes out to the ring. Uh, his mom slaps Christian in the face. Jungle Boy comes out and he's like looking around. He's like, oh, where's Luchasaurus? And we're all thinking, cool, we're going to get Luchasaurus. He's going to ride on his shoulders. Yeah, no. He went for a ride after the uh, black dinosaur chokeslammed him. <laughs> hits a dinosaur's edge. Is that what they call it? I can't believe I'm reading that. Hits a powerbomb kind of maneuver on Jungle Boy through a table. And then uh, choke slams him into the pyro grate, which the burn marks were on uh, Jungle Boy's back, which was pretty nasty. Rolls, uh, rolls him into the ring. Christian gets a two count after his spear and then the kill switch, and that was it. The match barely started before it ended. And I'm fine with that. I, I, I don't I don't really understand the the um, Luchasaurus switching again because mm-hmm. this is what about three times in uh, a, a month. Never trust a dino. Yeah, apparently never trust a dino. So, but I mean, I, I'm okay with Christian getting the win. Although I, I you know, I did say last night we should have gotten some. Made up pictures of. And- <laughs> she was mine before she was yours. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, mom or something just to really rub it in. Oh my god! I see her getting all embarrassed. Like, what the hell? <laughs> she would have too, because like they would have photoshopped it, and yeah. she'd be like, "Wait a minute! I never. That's not me." <laughs> uh, Jericho and Danielson was next. Um, I loved everything about this match until the finish. What Jericho winning? Yes, I'm over. I'm over the Judas effect, and I'm over Jericho winning matches. Just no more, please. He's a goat. I can't do it. He looks like a goat, a drunk hey. goat. <laughs> no, that's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> drunk Uncle Jericho is back in the ring. <laughs> Watch out, Chris! Pull his pants up. Fifty thousand times, <laughs> poor guy can't get to the top rope, can't stand, can't walk. <laughs> He's gonna pull his pants up, laying on the mat, pulls his pants up. I just want to know, like, when he came down to the ring, like mm-hmm. he had sculpted abs almost, and then along about the time his belt goes, like, <laughs> his implants or something blue, also or something. That was hilarious. <laughs> you, I, I read that. I read that when you said he almost got fatter during the match. I just I couldn't focus anymore. I was just kept looking at the gut. I'm like he's right, it's just getting bigger. It's getting bigger. I've never. I, how is this happening? It's jiggling. I can't look away. It's so hypnotic. So yeah, from now on, he'll always be drunk, Uncle Jericho. <laughs> I mean, it, not not to put him down. He did have a good match. There's nothing wrong with that. He had a great match with Danielson, but I think that's got to be expected. You've got two of the best to ever do it, mm-hmm. but Danielson has not been able to win in big match situations in a while. And I, I can't stand that. Look, you can't just, just because WWE did it back at WrestleMania 30, doesn't mean you could take that same storyline and go, well, let's make the American dragon lose until we finally say he gets his chance. No, he's a veteran now. He's been through all that. He's he's in a different air. That's that's my opinion. Now now correct me if I'm wrong. This was like the first time those two have met, right? 
This is the first time since uh, NXT in 2010. NXT in 2010? Yep. He wrestled Jericho on NXT one time. Uh, he did a dive to the outside, <clears throat> broke a rib, and Jericho beat him. Wow. Because I thought Jericho said it was their first. Maybe we don't count NXT. I think he doesn't. I think he ignores it. He's like, yeah. that's not part of my canon. <laughs> 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 my boss has more money than your boss. Like, what the hell, Chris? Shut up. <laughs> that's, that's the legend. <laughs> like, he's like, <laughs> hey, I, I listened to that interview and I'm like, bro, what? Why? Just to, he's like, well, of course I got to say that. That's narrative, narrative uh, history or whatever. I'm like, dude, shut up. Okay, we get it. You know, you don't like WWE. You don't like Triple H. Aren't you on this interview to talk about something else? Like, come on, buddy. Jesus. Are you talking about the scrum interview? No, no. Jericho yeah. during the scrum was fine. Yeah. He was the most positive guy out there. Yeah. Hey, guys. I'm Chris Jericho. How's it going? Everybody else is like, fuck this place. I hate these guys. His meds were <laughs> kicking in. <laughs> right? Tony Khan sitting there half the time looking like he's going to cry. Finally, Jericho comes out and he's like, oh, thank God Chris is here. Like, geez. All right, so what's next? Because I, I, I mean, I agree. I think Danielson should have won. I think it's time that he uh, uh, starts winning these matches. Yeah. House of Black against Darby, Sting, and Miro. Um, there's more story about this happening after the fact, so we'll run through it. <clears throat> really, this was a story of what it was supposed to be, a comeuppance between Miro and House of Black. What it really was was Darby Allen and Sting getting yet another victory over House of Black, and Miro just happened to be at ringside. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Don't understand I was saying, it. Like, go ahead. I'm not afraid to say it. All right. I saw they they introduced the House of Black. I was sitting on my couch, and the next thing I know, they were in the ring. Um, I may have dozed off for a few minutes. <laughs> And I this actually forgot Miro was supposed to be in it until he, like, popped up at the end. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a lot of fans probably suffered from exhaustion <laughs> after all of the wrestling that was this weekend. You had Clash of the Castle, uh, TakeOver, NXT TakeOver, uh, Worlds Collide was actually kind of good. Um, and then it all out, which was great. Um. But yeah, apparently Sting's got a new superpower. He has the poison mist. His time with the Great Muda has finally <laughs> transcended into his character. <laughs> so it has what a thirty-year incubation period. It must because when he Is did that... it, I, when he did it, you could barely see it. I, yeah, I didn't even was... see it until the replay. His whole face was black, though. Yeah. Like it was like, damn! Would he just spit spray paint? Good lord! Yeah. But I mean, it came off good. Oh, I, yeah, but I, not for me because normally when when one of the rest of them do it, you can actually see it. Oh yeah, yeah. I I didn't see anything, and he just grabbed his face, and I was like, "What just happened?" Mm-hmm. And then on the replay, you can actually see it, and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, this makes sense now." But basically, Miro just stands back and I didn't get the win. That's like that's exactly how it looked like. Like he doesn't say anything; he's just standing there. I'm like, uh. Okay, Miro got screwed. The Redeemer got screwed. Now he's got to go attack more pagans. <clears throat> well, he ought to go beat up Darby Allen. 
Yes. Eat up Darby and Sting. That's what he should do. I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, So the end of this whole thing, when they cut to the break before Punk and Mox, is uh, Malachi Black does a pose for the fans, takes a bow, hugs the House of Black, and then walks away. There's conversation going on that, for personal reasons, we don't know anything else but that, and uh, this is courtesy of both Fightful.com and The Insider, that uh, Malachi Black is the person who had requested his release and was actually denied it. So he could just be taking some time off to get some personal stuff straight. Hopefully everything gets worked out for him. Um, He's a hell of a talent. And I think in his case, it's a situation that, uh, you know, you got a ton of stars and it just wasn't his turn yet. And I think it will get there, but he's just maybe a little impatient. Didn't he need time off in the WWE for something like that too? Uh, So... <clears throat> yes, and yeah. I like I said, I don't really want to speculate, but <clears throat> apparently it's personal to the point where it could involve more than just him. Best I well, can yeah, describe yeah, it. Yeah, but, but what so, I'm saying is, uh, you know, it, it's when when people need that type of time off, they should be allowed to have that type of time off to take care of their personal issues. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with letting him, his contract go. Uh-huh. That would be foolish. But if the man, if he needs a year off, give him a year off. You know, if he, you know, whatever to take care of his, you know, his his personal issues. Yeah. Well, and like and like I said, I mean, it's it's tough because I want to see, I want to see him do well. I want to see him move up. I think we all do. I think that mm-hmm. he will get there. But you're in. I mean, when you're in a company that has not just, not just. Um, Kenny Omega and Adam Page, but CM Punk, Adam Cole, John Moxley. I mean, it, there's Brian. You've said it many times. Only one guy can be the main event or can be the world champ, one at a time. And no, you'll get there, but it's just it's it's got to be the right time. And I think between his personal issues and maybe some creative stress, because he's tweeted out a few times that he's got some creative issues going on, that he thought that all this work he had been doing was something, and now he's worried it's for nothing. Then maybe he's just impatient well yeah i I don't really know i i I think there's probably a lot of uh especially in aw uh people that are impatient yeah um because you go from uh you know most of these people cut their teeth in a time where you didn't have storylines right you know you you might would go match to match match and it would make no sense you know, but yeah. now now you have a company that's willing to take two years to tell a story. To look at mm-hmm. you know Adam Page, I mean, that was Omega, a le- yeah. yeah, that was a legit two year storyline. Mm-hmm. And if you have a company that's willing to go two years to tell a story, just sit back and enjoy the ride, <clears throat> because that's what that's what pro wrestling needs right now is story like good meaningful storylines. Yeah. If they take a year to develop, it takes a year. If it takes a year and a half, it takes a year and a half. You know, the, he hasn't lost the fans. That's no. what he needs to realize. Yeah. And even though he's not, he, he may not be where he thinks he is creatively, to the fans, he is exactly where we need him to be because he is putting on some magnificent story stuff yes that nobody else is doing 
And, you know, again, if he needs time off for personal reasons, take the time off. But mm-hmm. he should never think that, you know, just because he doesn't have a world title that anybody thinks anything less of him because he's a bright spot on the show. Yeah. We get to <clears throat> the main event. It's Punk, it's Mox, and the rematch. Um, this match had been built up and built up. <laughs> people were really... There were a lot of people, actually, that were unhappy that this match was happening again after what happened in Cleveland. Um, they felt like Mox had squashed him and they should just move on to the next opponent. Others, I don't know where I stand in that because I'm kind of in the middle. So I would say others felt like Punk, his story wasn't done, and if he's truly ready to go, then why not? Um like I said, I don't really know where I, f- I stand in all that. I-, I think part of me was like, this is a good story. I want to see what happens. But I think I was more leaning towards Punk's going to do a heel turn after losing was my thought process. Um, and with a steel, you know, having him get talked up into taking the match, I was actually expecting him to, to beat the snot out of uh, a steel at the end. Cause he couldn't get it done. But that's not how it went. <laughs> we got a pretty solid matchup between Punk and Mox. Um, Mox definitely deserves recognition as the first two-time AEW world champion. He deserves a lot of recognition for carrying the company on his back during the pandemic and then and then some, to be real. Um, Punk comes in, wins, wins the matchup after a grueling, grueling fight. At one point, he gets busted open. And uh, this was actually kind of gross. Mox gets the blood from Punk on his hand and decides to lick it off. Mox, I'm not sure you're aware, buddy, but that's how diseases get spread. Um, and that's nasty. And uh, gross. Don't do that again. That's nasty. Sick bastard. I mean, what's next? You can take a cheese grate? Oh, wait, you've already done that. I know, it's going to be pizza. Never mind. Damn it. By the way, Mox and, uh, <laughs> Mox and Nick Gage are scheduled to go head-to-head in a career versus title match in GCW here in the next month. Mm. Well, so getting back, though, to the whole, the fans, you know, really thinking he shouldn't have gotten a shot. Mm-hmm. Once again, it's the story. Right. Right? Because what happens in Cleveland to Punk? He gets punked out. Yeah, he gets punked out. Like, <laughs> Cleveland Rob, you feel his... good saying that, don't you, yeah. buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland's not his town. Yeah. So again, so that that adds to that story that that gives you the belief that oh his his leg is messed up, he's not ready to come back. Yeah. Right? Now, do I think they could have done the whole I have an open contract and I'm just going to leave it here thing better? Mm-hmm. Sure, but I'm okay with I have an open contract. You I would have been kind of cool for seeing like the open contract is there one minute. And next thing you know, it's gone. Like you don't know who took it. You don't know who's got the shot and you don't find out until main event time. Or just have somebody go out and get it. Who, you know, is, is somebody that's not gonna, you know, is not going right. to cash it in. Somebody that's not a steal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I, I liked it. The prop that he did. You know, you get your ass up, or excuse me, you get the F up, <laughs> and you get in there and fight. That was awesome. Yeah. But, and, and Punk's promo to follow that was great. But, yeah, yeah I just felt like it, this is one of those things that AEW does really well. They do the mystery very well. So you could have stretched this. It didn't have to be so quick. 
Well, you know, again, to me, I'm okay with being quick because, again, if you go back and look at everything they did from the run-ins with each other to, you know, the, the Cleveland match to the contract, you know, to the, to the promos, they were cutting great promos. I'm okay, right? Because they, they did a very short buildup to a big match, and it was good for me anyway. Because, again, both of them cut great promos, right? They, mm-hmm. you know, they, they did the run-ins, like, during the middle of the show. Like, Moxley was coming out, like, for no what no apparent reason other than yeah, just yeah. come out there and do it, right? And it, to me, it – I I mean, I, I was, I'm okay with it, though, for being so short. Like I, I really don't need a great storyline. I just need one to make sense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a two-year storyline. It can be a three-week storyline if it makes yeah. sense. And I think this makes sense. Again, other than I think somebody sh- you should have like once you know Ace goes out there to get the contract, you mm-hmm. know where it's going. You could have you could have sent like John Silver could have run down and grabbed it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, hell, have John Silver run down to snag it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You could have had him run down, snag it, like wave it in the air, and then run back up the thing. And then what you don't know is when he gets behind the curtain, he gets knocked out and it gets taken from him. Right, right. Yeah, the next uh, camera angle is him sitting on the floor like, where'd, my, where'd it go? Yeah, like uh, it was here. He's got it now. And then you wait for next week and Punk still cuts his promo and mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. Because you knew the way it was going when he cut the promo of, you know, when the guy got him walking in and he's like, he's not just fighting me. Yeah, he's fighting all of us. I was like, damn, that's he's, that's a damn good promo. <laughs> he's fighting Chicago Public Schools Teacher of the Year. I'm like, you go, man. Doing all that shit. <laughs> he's like, I got, I got the guy down at Mindy's Bakery who I'm going to eat his muffins later and complain but he's behind me. You're fighting him too. <laughs> well, and, and don't forget though, there were a lot of these under little underlying little things too. Because remember when uh, Punk and Mox got into it, right? And Punk was cutting the heel promo, talking about how Mox likes to bleed. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Mox didn't do bleed. He didn't bleed. No, uh, Punk bled like a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. How did how did he even get busted open? Uh oh, what was it? Um, oh crap, what was it? Oh, I will think about it now. That you brought, now that you said something, I'll, I'll think about it. So I'm looking it up, and it it shows that he got thrown into the ring post. I yeah, 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 really that's right. It. Yeah, yeah, the ring post. Um, if there's questions as to Punk's health, as far as his foot's concerned, I think those were answered. He he's got to be about as 100% as he's going to be. Um, he comes out with the victory after two go-to-sleeps. Um, I'm, I'm happy about this, but I'm even more psyched to know what's going to happen after this because I feel like the Joker is probably going to be the guy that carries this title into the next few years. Mm-hmm. Um, because what we're seeing here is, all right, well, look, Punk's got limited space available on his clock. And that's not not including the scrum. Just he's just getting older and he's getting beat up. 
So the next person that takes that title has to be somebody that's young, that's healthy, that you can trust. And I think that Tony Khan does trust MJF. Um, and it's got to be somebody that knows what it takes to get people to want to see him get his ass whipped. Yeah, and it's also got to be the biggest star in the universe. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, it, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so after the match, though, lights go out. Mm-hmm. You get an audio record of, of Tony Khan. And as soon as it's Tony, you hear Tony Khan and you, you know what he's talking about, you know exactly who the Joker is. So I say we give Rob his moment, and we'll let Rob announce the Joker. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ready for it, though. Stan was wrong. Yeah, I was definitely wrong. But the right. Joker turned out to be none other than MJF. After all Maxwell, the talk, Joker, Joker Friedman. <laughs> you know, all the talk, all the drama. You know, he, he even laid like the supposed voicemail that Tony Khan left him that, you know, just come back and I'll I'll pay you this amount and and just you gotta show up. This is your last chance. And then turns around, still got the 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 mask and everything on, and then puts on the the scarf, takes the mask off. Oh yeah, and then he comes. Then he come. He comes out. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. Punk's in the ring, and Punk's like, "Oh fudge!" What? <laughs> but not only does he come out, he literally. Put Chicago in the palm of his hands. Oh yeah, like without saying a word, turns Chicago against CM Punk because those MJF chants were probably louder than anything else that whole night. Even the acclaimed, like Maxwell, is the future, and I think you just saw it last night. I think what was interesting is that, <clears throat> well, first off, I thought that maybe we were going to see the heel turn from Punk because when they played that old ROH footage, Punk was on his way to WWF, WWE at the time when he cut that promo. And he was like, this was supposed to be the summer of Punk where he was you know, celebrating with the fans before he leaves. He wins the title and that's where that promo where he's like, you stupid old man. And he turns heel and has the first summer of punk. So I'm like, oh, wow. So maybe the Joker is exposing punk, which still could be the case, which would be awesome. But um, this just, I mean, who would have ever thought Chicago, CM Punk's hometown, would have just changed from punk to MJF that quickly? Yeah, without a match. Without even saying anything on the he mic, walked on the aisle, he just stopped the entrance and said, "Aha! I want the belt." And then he gave everybody the finger. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like Punk goes from "Yes, I got it. I'm back on the mountaintop." To instantly, Chicago's like, "Punk who? Yeah, right. CM what? See you later." 
<laughs> and that's where All Out ends. But that's not where the drama ends. No, no. We go from we go from the pay-per-view to the media scrum, which is usually pretty entertaining. Get a good uh, conversation between Tony Khan and the media. But in this what? situation, it was... Let's leave Punk for last, though. We got a lot of angsty people yeah. during this during this uh, media scrum. Uh, Jericho, like I said earlier, happiest guy of the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you, if you noticed, if you listen to Jericho, Jericho dropped some major nuggets that if you paid attention to what is going on, like it, it, this is another reason why, like my attitude is changing towards certain people. Yeah. Because Jericho said, he, he come out and said like Mox and punk and him and some of these other guys came from a different place where this behavior wasn't allowed. Yeah. And that's what he told me. Cause when I'm asked, well, what did you say? Well, he told him, stop doing the stupid shit. You know, in, in the little uh, meetings they had. Yeah. You know, he was, you're a, you're in a, you know, I think he even come out and said, you know, we're doing million dollar pay-per-views now. This stupid little petty indie bullshit now has to stop. Like mm-hmm. you're pat, you're at that point now. This bullshit has to stop. You getting on Twitter and and all this other stuff doing this stupid shit. Like it has to stop. I think Jericho is the one that said you got to stop leaking stuff. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And it was it, it was interesting with Jericho when they were talking about the music. Yeah. Um. How they? Uh, who else did they want? Um. They wanted Jericho wanted to uh, for Lionheart, but they wanted too much money. Mm-hmm. And then they were talking about, well, we got the Rolling Stones and Tony Khan. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm good friends with them. They were here last year. They, you know, we did we did great business together or whatever. So, but yeah, Jericho's right. Like it, I again, this I, I I didn't watch them all in order. I got Jericho towards the end, and like he makes sense. Like, if you want to co- actually compete now against the WWE, because you're at a precipice, right? You you can take this to the next level if everybody shuts up and does what they're supposed to do. I mean, I think that's where you got too many Chiefs and not enough Indians, and Sorry, that's we're not appropriate. Um, too many cooks, too many chefs, not enough cooks, I guess. I mean, there's but, just so many, so many people that think they know, and then the comment that was given from, I guess it's Adam Page, where he said, "No, I don't really take advice." Like, mm-hmm. mm, you better, <laughs> you know, no one is above taking advice. Now, granted, not all of that advice is going to be something you want or something you even follow. But you should at least listen and respect the people that's offering it. Who knows what it could do for you? Like if if we do commentary for Ultimate Championship Wrestling, if I ever had the opportunity to get feedback from a guy like Jim Ross, as much as I joke about Jim sometimes, you know, flubbing a line here and there, you damn well bet I would take any feedback he wants to give me. And I would apply it because he is an expert in that chosen field. 
you 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 take what people are going to tell you and you apply it how you see fit but you respect them enough to listen and i feel like um i feel like page is if if he's really going around saying that kind of stuff that's out of line um but it's not just him <clears throat> looking at uh, some of the descriptions from some of the other parts of the scrum uh tony storm gets in on it she's like well hey if thunder rosa says she's hurt then when she says she's not hurt, she can come back and lose to me, and everything will be fine. Yeah, well, why but, are you saying stuff like that? You know, yeah, but, keep that stuff under wraps. No, but so I mean, look at it like this though: if Rob, if me and Rob, you know, Rob's got a title, right? Rob says, "Oh, I have, I, I have back issues." There are reports that she's been having issues moving, right? So this, that is not like there are reports that there was a time she couldn't. Like she was having a hard time walking. There are a couple of them out there, right? So the the injury could be legit, right? Right. And Tony Storm simply saying, "Well, you're telling me you're hurt. When you, when you come back, we'll figure it out." Mm-hmm. That that's not really to me. That's not necessarily, um, like getting involved. That's just saying, "Hey, Rob." When you're not injured, look me up, bro, and we'll we'll do it for real. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I maybe she is, but I don't really think she was. I don't really think she meant it that way. Yeah, I think it was more of like, hey, you're telling me you're hurt, but when you're not hurt, we're gonna fight. Well, then you got media members that are with <clears throat> uh, swerving our glory asking. Swerve in our glory, your tag champs, the people that won. Do you think there should have been an audible called with the way the fans reacted to the acclaimed? I thought that was actually really disrespectful of the media member that asked that. That's not a question you should be asking, you know, your your roster members. You I maybe asked that to Tony Khan in a different setting, but I don't know that I would have asked that question to the tag champs. I, I felt like that was extremely disrespectful. Well, I mean, that goes back to the fact that there's no line where the business stops, you know? Yeah, you're right. Like, it used to be that whole, there are certain things you don't look behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. And like I read on Twitter today, Frankie Kazarian said, he's like, there's times in my 15 years or 20 years that I was unhappy, but guess what? I didn't, you know, Yeah. it stayed private, you know? And it's like, yeah, but it, you probably have it this at this moment in time. You probably have more shitty ass fucking wannabe reporters. Like what is it, Ringside News and some of this other stupid bullshit that will just take something and try and make a mountain out of it, and then you'll take the next guy along this, you know, the next guy down who's going to put his spin on it when there may not be nothing to the story to begin with. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is probably the worst time ever for for wrestling so-called journalism. And what it does is it starts to fuel fires, and you get people like Kevin Owens who shouldn't be involved in this. Well, he, he now wants to be involved in it. Dude, you don't even work there. Stay in your lane. Well, I mean, that's that's the problem is everybody is speaking instead of one voice of the company. 
you know, you have all these people talking to all these people who have Twitter, you know, who have Facebook, who have all the other bullshit that can sit there and go, well, I have a personal source that told me, you know, who'd you talk to? The ring crew guy, the guy at craft services, like, you know, we all have a guy somewhere that we know that can talk to us about something, you know, but, and that's the thing, like, it's all who can talk louder, who can get it out faster. And, you know, oh my God, punk walked down the hallway and didn't say hi to somebody. They must have beef. Yeah, but, but, I mean, Punk was on the phone and talking to five other people, but they must not like each other. You know, like, just... Yeah, but th that's shit uh, journalism. I mean, and that's what we have. Yeah. You know, his attempt to have the media scrum where he can have his message out is turning on him, you know? <laughs> oh, I don't, think, I don't think his media scrums are turning. I think they played out exactly like he wanted... But, it, you know, again, who people get caught up in the bullshit of social media for whatever fucking reason. And it makes no sense. Like Keith Lee and Swerve, I don't know if you, you saw that one, right? Keith Lee's like, I don't even look at social media unless Swerve tells me to look. And he sends me a screenshot of something. So now you tag, your tag champs are doing... You know, one is so tied up in social media that he can't, you know, he just can't leave it alone. Whereas Keith Lee is like, I don't even look at the crap. And, it, it, you know, it's just people get caught up in stupid, stupid things. And some people use it to their advantage. What do you say? Are you... You're breaking up for me, bud. I don't hear Stan at all. Uh, I hear him, but he's he's like cutting in and out for me. <clears throat> he's all heartbroken. It, well, I don't thought, know. If, he thought all those people he talked to were real journalists. <laughs> well, I don't know. If, I don't know if we're still. I don't know if we're still live, pal. But uh, according to Tony Khan, he's going to try and make. Uh, Swerve in their glory and the acclaimed two for New York for Arthur Ashe. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, Lee and Swerve are kind of like, well, you know, if it was us, you would make us take, go down to the bottom of the list. But, um, <clears throat> so we shall see. So we may have our first match. Um, I only said be right back. So I don't know what that means. Um, so yeah, so we may have our first match lined up for Arthur Ashe Stadium. It's gonna, I mean, uh, this is kind of like, I kind of look at this like Hardy's versus Edge and Christian versus, you know, like you had it, you struck lightning, let's do it again. And mm -hmm. so... But you got it. The thing is, you've got Keith Lee and Swerve. Mm -hmm. They're going to pull it off. I'm not an acclaimed fan. I just, I mean, if he would just stick to wrestling and just stop with the mic, like every time he comes out and says, listen, I just want to smack him in his face. 
What? No, stop it. How can you not be a, an acclaimed fan? <laughs> like they, I mean, like everything from the mic. I mean, they're entertaining on the mic to scissor me, daddy. You know, the whole. You bought one of those shirts, didn't you? I, I'm thinking about it. I really am. Now that, <laughs> now that they're on the, on the shop. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> You're going to wear it to the next AEW show we go to? No, buddy. I'm going to wear it all over town. And I bet you, I bet you, you could walk into Walmart with it and there will be somebody wanting to scissor you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember back when we had the uh, NWO shirts and you'd wear it somewhere and somebody would be like, too sweet me, bro. Yeah. Same, <laughs> or the Bullet Club. Bullet Club. Same thing with Bullet Club. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd be, I'd, I'd be at, you know, Fredericksburg Mall or something. And I wouldn't know Jack anybody. And you always have somebody throw it up. You know, that's just the way it goes. So anyway, so I don't know. I don't know when Stan's coming back. He said, be right back. So I don't, you know, I don't know if we want to, did you see the punk one? No, I didn't. Oh my God, Rob, you got to go watch that. How do you see those media scrums? Like just go type in AEW media scrum on youtube and they're they're always on youtube okay and sometimes sometimes you can get the whole the whole media scrum and then other times you can get them broken down into certain people so like uh i know uh last night <clears throat> or the one for last night you had jericho you can find jericho by himself you can find swerving their glory by himself tony storm cm punk and then uh, sometimes you get Tony Khan by himself. Um, and now Tony Khan, I don't know if you saw his. Tony Khan is quite was quite uh, interesting too. And uh, it um, it may very well go into like why everybody's got attitude. <laughs> Because Tony Khan was like, look, I'm normally a nice guy. Even if you talk shit about me on the internet, I'm not that guy. You know what I'm saying? He's like, I'm a laid back guy. And, you know, I'm easy to get along with, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, but don't fuck with me. Because when you fuck with me, that's when, you know, we're going to have issues. And I think somebody asked him about uh, if, if they would ever do a, uh, WWE, um, you know, venture. And I know in the past he had talked about it and Tony said he was open to it. But then Tony was last night was like, no, fuck them. They don't piss me off. Fuck them. I mean, he started, he was cussing them and, you know, because what they did this weekend by putting, uh, the Saturday show on and then the Sunday show on and, they were looking to have, uh, you know, break the, uh, um, the pay-per-view, uh, you know, their, their best pay-per-view for what was it all out? Um, you know, they were, they were hoping this was going to be the biggest one ever for them. Yeah. And, you know, he was just like fatigue probably got them. And we were on last, we were the third pay-per-view in the weekend. And, you know, he was like, no, nah, fuck them. We're, we're, I got more money. I, you know, I will, I'm going to, I'm going to do something and you're not going to see it coming basically. Like, I think, I think he's going to pull some shenanigans one of these times. 
<clears throat> you know, where where he's going to stack a card on a, a Monday night or a pay-per-view or something. And he's going to just throw money at it and see what, you know, just make it so big you can't not watch it. Right. I mean, I, I, I was, I saw what he, I saw like somebody done something about what he said. And I just, I didn't know if that was the truth, but it was just like, dang, you know, like I could see him totally like, fine. You want to go my weekend? That's fine. I left WrestleMania alone next year, Mm -hmm. bitch. I'm going to be on Saturday. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do something on Saturday. And guess what? I'm going to have everybody. Yeah. No one's going to pay attention to your puny night one. Yeah, I'm going to make it the biggest fucking wrestling show in the world or something. You know, I'm going to find the teams that haven't been together forever, and I'm going to put them together, and they're going to be like, holy shit, we got you, bro. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I, I just find it interesting, though, that, you know, you have an opportunity. Both companies have have this great opportunity that they should take advantage of. Right. Because I, I think you could really make an incredible WrestleMania if you had if you had decided to get your head out your ass and work with another company that was willing to work with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Now I understand Tony Khan talks a lot of shit. But he hasn't really crossed the ball shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He hasn't really like done anything to WWE other than beat NXT. Like he he's fired himself. shots. Yeah. But not like directly across the bow. Right. Like he's been like, oh yeah, that, you know, if we're at a pirate ships, he's lobbing them just enough off the bow. So, you know, you notice them. Right. But you're like, ah, whatever. Right. But, and the thing is, like, if he would to come out and say, or let's say that, um, Let's say that, um, you know, Triple H is like, all right, let's do it. Hey, calls AEW. Right now, Tony Khan's going to be like, fuck you. You know, like, Mm -hmm. but also at the end of the day, Tony Khan's a businessman and he's about money. Mm -hmm. You know, and he knows, one, not to steal EC3 shtick, but he he controls his narrative. Mm-hmm. Oh, he said, you know, like he yeah. writes his own stuff. So if he gets in bed with WWE in a way with Triple H, he's going to control what happens. Well, Just yeah, like with Impact. You I know, don't, I don't think it's going to happen now from your contract tampering to the, the double pay-per-views taking money out of his pocket. I oh, think that's what pissed. I'm saying. Like, I don't yeah. see it happening. But at the end of the day, would Tony Khan be like, you know what? This is the acknowledgement. You know, this is this is what, like, you know. I think he would. Yeah, you, like if, if you're talking like if Triple H called him and said, Tony, let's do business. Yeah. I think Tony would tell him to fuck off. Now, yeah. yeah now, I think right now yeah. he definitely would. He'd be like, no, yeah. you had a chance. Yeah, you had a chance. You had a chance, and he'd be talking that big, <clears throat> big Tony talk. <laughs> yeah, you had your chance, but now, oh, maybe I'll do. Maybe, oh yeah, or he'll say, yeah, I'll work with you, and gives him Ring of Honor. 
Well, he he made an interesting comment. So what led to him saying, you know, on Friday, the media scrum was basically, I'm not happy with how they've treated me. And he said, no, I'd be happy to talk about that. Nobody asked him. What do you mean? Mm -hmm. What happened? So Sunday comes along. John Alba, one of the uh, members of the media out there, says, hey, um, so Friday you said you were unhappy with how you were treated. What happened? I'm going to go ahead and ask you. And he's like, I can't really comment exactly. Um, you know, and the guy's like, was it contract tampering? He kind of tries to get him to answer him and he doesn't. And that's where he goes on about the, you know, they ran shows on our weekend and in the past they've never done that to us. Mm -hmm. So he compared himself to Jim Crockett promotions. Sort of. I, I say he did cause he did say it, but I don't know that it was direct. I'm trying to give it proper context. Well, no, I, I mean, he did say, they treated, I'm pretty sure that's like verbatim, they treated me yeah. like Jim Crocker promotions. Right. Yeah. And he said, this isn't a game to me. This is serious to me. I have more yeah. money than they do. I'm yeah. not playing around. Like, that was the only time I was like, all right, Tony, uh, maybe maybe reel it in, buddy. You know? No. <laughs> Slow it down. No, no. Yeah, but let's remember, right? Let's, let's remember. The more he does it, it's going to generate a buzz. Yeah. The more buzz brings people in the building. Well, okay. well, to that point, I was going to ask you earlier, you said that you think it's kind of according to what Tony's plan was. Do you think he told basically everybody, listen, let's uh, – normally we're nice. Normally we're real fan service kind of thing, fan service. Let's let's switch, flip the script. Do you think that's what he directed them to do? Dude, I, I have no clue. I, I said it before, earlier. I'll say it again. Something is up, mm -hmm. right, especially over the last few weeks, right? Like attitudes have changed, the 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 way they talk has changed. Look at yep. Swerve in the in the the interview, right? Swerve's attitude changes, and he's by the end he's like, no, fuck that, yeah, right. And yeah, he, he says, was. yeah, and he says something under his breath, and I Keith tried to like, listen. I'm not to in that. <laughs> well, yeah, right before that, where Keith says, "I'm not in that," he yeah. says something. I can't figure out what he said. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And again, if like they're they're added, to, it's this weird like like we're not fucking around no more. Almost type attitude. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost like they've been bullied for way too long. Your matches are getting harder. Yeah. Right. The way they talk to each other is getting more realistic. Right. Now again, I'm not saying that all this stuff. <clears throat> all this stuff that's going on in social media isn't the truth. But I actually think some of this stuff is a pure work of brilliant fiction. I would love it if it is. I mean, that would be opening the doors to what so many people claim they want to see, and that's another attitude era. Yes. And I, I that's what I'm beginning to think is – somewhere when they started talking about the WWE having an attitude era mm -hmm. and somebody like Jericho, who's smart enough and goes back to that era, convinces Tony Khan, let's beat them at their own game. Yeah. Let's out attitude their attitude. era. Yeah. Yes. Let's just come up with the wildest, craziest, like realistic attitude era shit that we can come up with, right? Mm -hmm. Like, let's, let's, what's one button that we could push 
you know, that, that, that you can have somebody say to CM Punk, right? That's so subtle that it's going to take you a second to figure out what he's talking about. Oh, now, now we've pissed off the guy that we know if he gets pissed off enough, he's going to walk away. Mm-hmm. Right. And there was even one of those little, there, one of the little internet guys was quick to point out, oh, CM Punk is so pissed he might walk away. Right. Cause that was a rumor a few weeks back. Yep. But again, Punk goes back to the attitude error. Somebody like Moxley is born for this. Mm hmm. Because Moxley can just go out there and fight. I mean, matches, to me, it's like they are, without telling anybody what's what's going on, is they are very realistic now. Yes. And I think they, I think, again, part of this may be real. But I'm, I honestly think part of it may simply be a work to generate buzz. Because right now, all anybody's talking about is the backstage shit with AEW. But what that's doing is people are watching to find out what's going on. And that's where, for those that uh, look in the show description when you do the download, I said there's a lot of shooting going on. It's the wild, wild west in AEW. And the reason I say that is it's, it's a hectic scenario right now. We don't know. And that's the beauty of it. We think we might. There's some inklings, but we don't really know. And that's how we like it. We like it to mm. be on that razor's edge. Mm. CM yeah. Punk. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go with you. Oh, I was going to say the attitude error was some of the best out there. Because oh, yeah. you just from, simply had no clue what was happening. From entertainment that, to shooter work. I mean, it was yeah. it was definitely the best. Yeah. And, and, and again, you had people like Michaels and, and Brett who supposedly couldn't get along to, you know, for nothing, they would go out there and do business. And they would but have was, some of the best matches you'd ever seen. Yes, it was so ultra-realistic. Yep. You just couldn't help but to watch. Well, and that's where you got it, like you said. I mean, you've got you've got the blur of the line, and, like, Tony Khan's like, fine. Like, we just were talking about, Brian. Like, Tony Khan's like, fine. Y'all want to go to the Attitude Era? Eh. <laughs> We'll go ECW, you know, like, yeah, right. And, oh, you're going to say this and bring this person back. That's fine. We're going to put belts on people that you wouldn't think, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can see it. It's going to have an effect. And, but like we've learned from AEW back in the past, like they're not in it just for, you know, he's not in at the quick game. He's in the long haul. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of fans don't understand that Tony Khan is not a money mark. Yes, he has a lot of money. Yes, Tony Khan has a lot of influence. But he's not doing this with a tax return. He's doing this with funds that he earned that he has a vision for. And there's a reason that AEW <clears throat> is still pulling in the numbers that keeps a company like Warner Media and Discovery Plus happy. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of rumors out there about how they said you need to tone down the language. That was a Jericho edict. That wasn't from Warner. Jericho tells these guys, listen, we have the perfect storm here. Let's be careful with what we say. Not, not say it ever, but he said to make it matter, which uh, obviously that makes perfect sense. 
So, I mean, you've got to recognize that these are people that know what the hell they're doing. Now, conversely, going to somebody that maybe doesn't, this scrum, this whole conversation, um, it comes from CM Punk, who just, I guess he just felt it on his heart and was like, I'm ready to pop. Or this was far part of the plan, one way or the other. Here's what happened. They what? start the scrum. Nick Houseman stands up and doesn't even get his question out. And Punk just lays him out. Not physically, just verbally. And then proceeds to describe the situation with Colt Cabana, a.k.a. Scott Colton. Yeah, and, and that's the guy where he's like, weren't you with Scott? Right. He said he did uh, improv with Scott. And he said, so yeah. would you call yourselves friends? He's like, no, we don't see eye to eye. So he's like, well, would you say as a journalist that you should identify that he's a friend? And he says, no, he's not my friend. He said, so Punk does say, he's like, well, look, if I'm wrong, I apologize. If I'm right, then fuck you. And then he proceeds to lay out the entirety of the Scott Colton lawsuit, which mm. shit, if I knew any of that. And truth be told, um, I've not always been a Colt Cabana fan, but I think he definitely has something to offer, especially in Ring of Honor, if they're truly going to go weekly TV. So I would definitely keep him and definitely put him to work. And I would probably tell Punk, okay, cool. I'll keep you guys separate. You don't have to worry about him, but I'm going to keep him because he makes me money. Something like that. Uh, Wait, what was that? (laughs) I missed that part. (laughs) What did you just say? I just feel like with, with what he's describing, I feel like, He's laying out there that, you know, he doesn't want to be associated with Scott Colton. He doesn't want anything to do with Colt Cabana. Sure. But to me, yep. it's Tony's call. And if he feels that he makes some money, then Tony should just tell him, look, we'll keep you separate. Fine. But he's staying because he helps me. Yeah. Whose yeah. But is this? Punk, I don't think cares about the business side because Colt I'm to agree with you. and Punk have been there. They've yeah. even been on same shows. I think Colt is going to ROH just to keep them apart. And that part is already done. I think, again, the perfect storm occurred last night with CM Punk. Like, everybody's been bringing up this shit about what Adam Page said, right? And how Adam Page took up for Colt Cabana. Mm-hmm. And... Adam Page and Punk was like, no, Adam Page went into business for himself. And so some of the quote unquote journalists jumped on the Adam Page bandwagon and talking shit about Punk. Some of them jumped the other way and said, no, Adam Page went into business for himself. And I think ultimately with the last few weeks, CM Punk has just gotten tired of it. And said, no, this is why I'm this is why I did what I did. Because this guy mooched off of me more money than you know should have been allowed. Because at, at the end of the day, or at not at the end of the day, but at the end of when he was talking, he came out and told you there's t- two people who have made the most money off of CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Vince McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. He looks at Tony when he says that by the way, thinking, you haven't yet, don't worry, you'll get there. Like he pats him on the shoulder, like, hey, I'm going in, just just don't worry, you'll be fine. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tony's sitting there nodding his head, like, yeah, yeah, Phil, yeah. 
Yeah. Wait, At that point, Tony's five drinks in going, whatever. No, honestly, dude, uh-uh. I, this was probably the, the, the most reserved I have seen Tony Khan in a media scrum. Literally, I mean, think about it. The only time he really said anything was with Swerve and their glory. A little bit in Tony, Tony Storm. Jericho did most of the talking. Swerve and their glory, he kind of participated in. Um, uh, let's see. But, I mean, think about it. So, uh, you did just have an edict about the custom because Ace got fined, not, what, two weeks ago. Yeah, for the F-bomb. Right. So there is an edict about the cussing, right? You cannot tell me if you were the owner of a company and you you wouldn't have thought about cutting CM Punk's mic? See, that's what that's what I keep going back to. Why not <clears> just <throat> say, all right, well, we're done. That's we're done, it. yeah. Yep, yep. Grab Maybe a, grab his shirt gently and say, all right, Phil, we're done here. Obviously, yeah, for, let's right. let's go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because at the cut end of the day, lead, it's your mic. Yeah. yeah. Cut the mic. If he wants to stay there and just talk and yell at the lap, okay, when you're done, give me your title, you're fired. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he doesn't. He doesn't do it for any of them. He just sits there and lets, lets them go. And he went for a good 15, 15 minutes. Just Oh, yeah. Just, laying out everybody. And then he yeah. <laughs> he says about the EVPs that, uh, you know, couldn't manage a target. And then at the end of it closes out where he says uh, they think they think we're in Reseda. So it's clear he's going after the Bucks. He's talking about the Bucks and Kenny. And during the, the after effect of that, the aftermath, when Swerve and Our Glory are doing their media scrum, you see at the back left of the screen where a security guy puts his finger to his ear like he's listening to something, and then boom, he is sprinting out the door. Then we get the report early this morning that um, basically, we got 60 seconds here, guys. Basically, what happens here is that there's an altercation between the elite, CM Punk, and Ace Steel that involves Nick Jackson getting knocked out by a chair that was thrown and Ace Steel biting Kenny Omega and pulling his hair. Sounds a little familiar to me. I seem to recall Bret Hart and uh, Shawn Michaels getting into a scuffle in the locker room where Bret pulled Shawn's hair and yanks him out of his head. Hmm. They've been doing an homage to Bret for how long now? Vince and uh, Bret knocking Vince out, too. Yeah, so why not? Let's see where it plays out. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of those that happen in the back. I mean, how many times has The Undertaker walked in the back room and been like, no, pow, you know? Yeah, but you know Tony should have learned from lessons of the past, and he should never give a wrestler the book. And Agreed. I, you know, I, I I hate to say it, but I'm starting to really sour on the Bucks. I'm starting to sour on Adam Page, and they as EVPs should have been more responsible and kept their mouth shut because you're a supervisor, you're part of the company, you're not a wrestler. So whatever happens from this point is on you. Yep. With that, catch up with Rob at Rob Hefner C2C on Twitter. Catch up with Brian at Vlad Drogon C2C. Catch up with the show at C2C Radio Show on Twitter. And I'm at Stan Grubb everywhere. Thanks again for listening. 
We'll see you next week where, hey, we'll hear from MJF and uh, we'll, we'll hear what else is going on. Who knows? Maybe, and maybe we'll somebody else is mad at somebody else that <laughs> somebody else will re- report about. Have a good night, everybody. See ya. And Rob, go watch the media stuff. I'm glad y'all got to hear me tonight. <laughs> we appreciate you. You can go to bed with my sultry sound. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.